We'll be looking at John 17 again for our communion meditation, so if you'd like to turn there, we'll be reading verses 1 through 5 and be focusing on verse 5. And if you would rise, please, as we read the inerrant and powerful Word of God. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. O Lord God, we thank you that you have given us this prayer. And Lord Jesus, that you were led to put this prayer in your precious word. You included it in your word that we might know more of you. And we do long to know more about you. Not about you, just about you. Lord, we want to know you. And you have expressed your heart in this prayer, your love, your great love for us, and your love for the Father. Help us to learn, Father, from this, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. In mid-September, I shared from verse 4, so I'm just going to, it's been a little while. I've been gone a lot, it seems. Um, So I'd like to review just a little bit of verse 4. And in verse 4, I shared that we see in this precious prayer of the Lord Jesus for us that the purpose of the coming of the Lord was to glorify his Father in heaven in his work of redemption. In fact, in all that he did and everything he said, he glorified his Father. That was his heart. His love for the Father filled his heart with a desire for the glory of his Father. And we saw also in verse 4 that our Lord Jesus finished the work that he was given to do by the Father as the author and finisher of our faith. And that he will complete, praise God, he will complete in us what he has begun. As he finished his work of redemption at the cross, he will finish what he has begun in his people. And we can, praise God, we can be finishers in what he has called us to do. You may not feel like a finisher today, but he will make you so. He is the one who enables us to be finishers. And part of that is because of what we see in verse 3, knowing him is eternal life, it says. Knowing him and knowing that we have eternal life in him is really what enables us to be finishers. How could we be a finisher otherwise? We must know him and know that he is eternal life. And now here in verse 5, our Lord, uh, this again, just before the crucifixion, he said, and now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was, and before the world existed. O Father, glorify me together with yourself. So with yourself, alongside you, in your presence. The Lord is repeating here uh, his prayer in verse 1, which says, glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. It was a desire of his heart, the glory of his Father. And this shows again, I believe, the unity and the oneness of the Father and the Son. If you glorify the one, you are glorifying the other. Each person of the Trinity glorifies each other. And the use of the emotive here, the O, you know, O Father, is another indication to me, the way I took it, of the earnest and the perfect love of the Lord Jesus for his Father. The Lord is here asking now that he had 
finished his ministry. He's going to the cross. And he's finishing the work that was given to him before creation. But he's finishing that work, ending at the cross. And he's praying that he would be restored to the glory that he had in heaven. And when the Lord was hung on the cross, it was to glorify his Father. He endured that. For, for us, for sure, he endured that, which also glorifies the Father. And when he arose, it was to glorify his Father. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross for us. He rejoices, indeed, in the joy of his elect, of all his redeemed. We will be singing in just a few minutes, Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is in your midst. The Mighty One will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. Can you fathom this? This is the Lord Jesus. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And all this was determined before the world began. The Lord asked his Father to glorify him and to glorify the Father with the glory, he said, which I had with you before the world was. This glory has always existed and was together in the Father and the Son, even the Son in the flesh, although in the flesh, in that time on earth, it was veiled. And when our Lord went through his life of humiliation, really, by becoming a man and dying on the cross, he was God in the flesh. He laid down the glory he knew in heaven for a time to finish the work that was given to him. And again, given is one of the key words of, of this uh, prayer of John 17. J.C. Ryle said, the pre-existence of Christ, the doctrine of the Father and Son as, are, as two distinct persons, and the equal glory of the Father and Son are taught plainly here. He meant in John 17, and especially here in this verse that we're looking at. Those essential doctrines are taught here. Many are, actually, in this sublime prayer of the Lord Jesus. In Colossians 1, there are four verses. i just like to read them. Uh, they're so, uh, such a beautiful picture of the Lord Jesus. He is, the Lord Jesus is, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Brothers and sisters, he is preeminent. He is the preeminent Lord Jesus Christ. May he be preeminent in our hearts, even now, even today as we come to the table. May that be so. His glory with the Father is everlasting, as is his existence with the Father. Hebrews 1.3 says of the Lord Jesus that he is the brightness of his Father's glory. Jesus is the brightness of his Father's glory. Matthew Henry said, Christ undertook the work of redemption for us, not because he needed glory, for he had glory with the Father before the world, but because we needed glory. We would not be glorified otherwise. We would not know his glory. And then in the resurrection and the ascension, he again glorified the Father. And his glory is not veiled. And he is now in his glorified body. And praise God, we should rejoice also that we will be glorified with him and exist forever with him in our glorified body by his grace. Our glorious Savior is here in this praying for us. And this should create, as I said before, we should be in great awe that our Lord prayed this and is praying continually for us. 
And that the Almighty Son of God would pray this for us, that he would give us this example, too, of prayer, how we should pray, and show us again his great love for us in his prayer. And we're able to glorify him in our heart and our words and our actions because he gives grace to do so. And we're coming to this table because we need grace to do those things. This communion with him is a means of grace, and it's a time to be strengthened. It's a time to be nourished spiritually that we might be finishers who glorify the one who humbled himself to free us from the bondage of sin and death. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we also, as we see, Lord Jesus, you did in this prayer, we long to glorify you and to prepare to do so forever with you. Lord, we cannot fathom how you would humble yourself to become a man and to veil your glory for us, which you had and always will have with the Father, and then to die in such a horrific way. Oh, that we would grow, Lord, in thankfulness for this awesome love of yours for us and for your mercy for atoning for our sin by your sacrifice, by your death. Lord, we come now to commune with you in joy because you conquered death and you rose in victory over all our enemies. And we are yours. Lord, fill our hearts now with praise that we might glorify you. For we ask this, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.